1: Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag. With Quince, go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from nine on LMFM. To contact us, email now: michael at lmfm.ie.
3: Wednesday morning, the 12th of July. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. To be
4: clear, I took a pay cut from Morty of 20% in 2020 for each of the five years of my contract at a cost of 525,000 euro to me over the length of that contract. It's an awful... It, 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 it,
5: it. You were looking for a side letter agreement from RTE to, to guarantee and underwrite... This for the duration of this contract and beyond into the next contract. So, you clearly there said, page nine of your documents, you wanted RTE to underwrite. And in response to you, uh, Breda O'Keefe, I think it's uh, her email on page 10 of your pack, um, she said, on behalf of RTE, um, states explicitly that we can provide you with a side letter to underwrite this fee for duration of contract. Right? So you'd re- requested that they underwrite it, and she, in that email, in page 10 of the pack, was responding to your request. That's correct? Yes.
6: Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- what?
5: The problem here is that the deal was underwritten at your request, for the three years, at your request, by the public purse. No. That's the that's the problem here. Okay. The deal was underwritten at your request for the three years of the contract, and it was paid for by public monies. That's the issue.
6: I asked for the deal to be underwritten because the relationship of the sponsor is with RTE. It's not. Yeah, underwritten
5: by who? RTE. Yeah, yeah, the public purse. Yeah,
6: but the, but the spon- It's actually about the sponsorship. We we. I just
5: want no look. Uh, you, so uh, you in relation in relation to this was it to a commercial. be underwritten by RTE, and that could only mean that RTE take the hit for it, and they pony up.
7: In relation to um, the one of the gigs with Reynolds, there was a, an invoice for eight hundred and forty-seven for somebody to be. Assist you or something You might draw a light on that um, the, uh, the billing you referred to
4: Was a, a car service From Dublin to, to Drahada And back all in one night I can go into further detail if you wish But that's what that is For you or for somebody else Oh no for me uh, I, I, My understanding is I am still in contract with RTES And my aim and hope Is to go back to work
3: Just a flavour of over six hours of testimony given uh, to two Oireachtas committees yesterday by Ryan Tuberty and his agent Noel Kelly. Let's speak to Imelda Munster, Sinn Féin's spokesperson on media, who we heard in some of uh, those clips there. Very good morning to you, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us. You had a very long day yesterday. Uh, Tell us uh, what you learnt, if you learnt anything.
8: Well, there's as many questions again, and... You know, it's, it's tiresome at this stage that no matter many committee hearings we have, there's still as many questions afterwards. I mean, they came in and their statements were forceful. Their assertions were that they, they knew nothing, that it was all RTE's fault, that they just did what RTE said. And that wasn't credible. It didn't stack up because uh, Noel Kelly is an agent. He's well able to negotiate. He yields some power in RTE um, and the consultancy fees. I mean, that was the big issue that they, um, firstly, if you looked at the, cont- the first year contract with Renault, uh, that was very clear and the payments were made to NK Management, which was Noel Kelly's company, um, because that was the deal with with um, Renault, which RTE had taken to underwrite that deal too but it was the second and third payments of the 75000 each that they had paid to CMS I think it was it's it's another business of Noel Kelly and they were instructed by the commercial d- director to put no name on the invoice and then it was put through under consultancy fees and that was paid by RTE to Astos which is another partner account mm. who then paid um Ryan Tuberti through Noel Kelly's other company CMS so it was all deliberately concealed and look they came in with their statements they Mm. didn't deviate from their statements whatsoever they were sticking to that like glue but it was all um, they didn't know they weren't aware this was Mm. all they just did as instructed
3: Yeah, uh, the statements were very strong uh, and uh, I think people were expecting at the beginning of this that they were going to hang RTE out to dry, put them under the bus and everybody listens because we're tapping the table and we're upset and we're emotional and we've done it. I mean, it was dramatic, dramatic and it it was ridiculous. Mm. Uh, And then after that, uh, we heard uh, nonsensical explanations and I wondered... Who believed the guff that they were spewing to an Eroctus committee and then again to another Eroctus committee? And I came to the conclusion and I'm not sure if you'll agree, but I came to the conclusion that if anybody believed what they were saying then the same people would have to believe that both of the men in front of you yes, they were bloody idiots. Ryan Tuberty in the first instance doesn't know anything about money or any of that sort of thing. He leaves it all up to the other fellow to do it. And the other fella, well, yeah, of course he's been in business for years and uh, he just sort of bends over when RTE tells him to do something. So if they say, uh, don't say what it's for, uh, bill it to a company you've never heard of, he just does it because they're, RTE, they're the mighty RTE. So he's that stupid that he'd do that. And the other fella is so stupid he knows nothing about his money. And I don't think that either of them are stupid.
8: Well, no, neither of them are stupid, but that's, you know, what I outlined about the payments. That was the big thing that they, they actually, he used his other, Noel Kelly used his other account so that it wouldn't go through um, as directly as top-up payments, you know, and no name on the invoice under consultancy fees. But another thing that was incredible to believe, and this really stuck in my craw, um, as to, they had said, they were trying to make out that RTE had initiated the whole agreement, the whole secret deal, if you like, you know, the renal thing and the, the, the guarantee and the payments. But the question was, why would RTE initiate that? Like, I mean, the only one to benefit was from that deal was Noel Kelly's client, Ryan Tuberty, mm. you know, and at the time.
3: But that wasn't his pay. I mean, no, this is this is what they kept trying to tell you. Uh, yeah, oh, no, he yeah. was, uh, that that yeah. had nothing to do with his pay. That no. had nothing to do with uh, Ryan Truberty's relationship with RTE. That was between RTE and Renault, but <laughs> Ryan Truberty was getting €75,000 out of it. Yeah,
8: yeah, he was the only one to benefit from it, you know, and as well as that, the whole commercial deal, as I said, the, the, the first um, year contract with Renault, and it was only ever for mm. one year, right? But it's clear to anyone, regardless of what they said, that they wanted this commercial deal. They wanted the guarantee, you know, and the underwritten payment from RTE. And they did it at the time when COVID was starting to spread. Mm-hmm. You know, countries were locked in lockdown. Italy was the first that began, mm. said this yesterday, began in February, right? So they knew that the deal with Reynolds was only going to go mm. for the one year. And that happened. But they saw a way to guarantee income and lock RTE into that mm.
3: agreement. Into that agreement. Yeah, I found that. <laughs> a, 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 and you know, I mean, I'm sitting in a radio stu- studio presenting a radio program uh, as I was in March 2020 and throughout COVID, and uh, I, I found that part of it pretty remarkable. Uh, and I do remember people saying, look, thanks for all of the information, keeping us up to date, uh, what's happening, what's not. I'm just lucky to be in a job. Everybody was losing their job at at the time. I I felt so privileged that I could go to work when other people were sitting at home, laid off, wondering how they were going to pay their mortgage and all that.
8: Yeah, well, I mean, the chair, my colleague, uh, Brian Stanley had put it to Ryan Tuberty at the very beginning about these top-up payments were coming to him at a time when most people were out of work and on mm. the pandemic payments of 200 or 300 euros, yeah. and he already had was the highest uh, paid yeah. presenter in RTE and his agent, along with himself... You know, Insisting that we're going to
3: get €75,000. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we were all in it together, but yeah. some of us were rolling in
8: it. Yeah, and um, I think that's what sickened staff at RTE as well, you know, that that happened.
3: I just want to play uh, another extract uh, from uh, the hearings yesterday. Uh, this is uh, a question that you were putting to Ryan Tuberty about um, his empathy with people, let's say, Uh, not just during lockdown uh, and people losing their jobs and him doing this under-the-counter deal for 75,000 euro, but in general his empathy with people.
5: In 2019, you might have seen this out in the public domain recently, that you were launching the St Vincent de Paul Christmas appeal and when you were interviewed you were said that you were haunted by um, the idea of children in poverty and the homeless crisis and you also said that you'd accept or to ease cost-cutting measures gracefully, and when it comes to this sort of issue, that's not something you've ever been found wanting on. Mm-hmm. But here we are, three or four years later, and we know that that pay cut was subsidised by this deal.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't characterise that as, a, as a, a pay cut being subsidised by any deal. I right. also, I, I also.
5: But that's that's what it. Looks I would also, like. with, I mean, respect, with respect, with respect, deputy,
4: yeah. I would also. Uh, urge you not to conflate somebody being well-paid with somebody who, who might not have a conscience.
3: What did you make of that?
8: I th- look, I thought it was a bit of a diversion. I wasn't, for one instance, saying he wouldn't have empathy or anything, but I was questioning the fact that he had said he would take that pay cut mm. any cost cutting measures gracefully, mm. yet he was fully aware that his agent was in the thick of negotiations about mm. top-up payments amounting to what, what we know now was what came to light first yeah. was amounting to 345,000 euro paid yeah. for the by the mm. public uh, part so uh,
3: and, um, and, and, and whether he it kept him awake or night at night or not he was haunted uh, obviously by uh, children yeah. in poverty i wonder uh, if uh, he thought twice about paying 847 euro for that taxi to Drogheda.
8: No, that was another. Eight hundred and forty. <laughs> I mean you euro. get the bus you get the bus for fifteen euro. Uh, I don't know well, I do mean, you know when, when what it, is a taxi to Would it be eighty or a hundred euro Max you know, one way, so yeah. maximum two hundred. Maximum two hundred. Yeah, but I just Which thought
3: that, I just thought why didn't he drive? Did Renault not give him a car? Yeah,
8: yeah. yeah. It's just, look it the whole thing is, is madness and but you know, at the end of the day, you
3: have... I mean, you have to have a moral compass, don't you? And I mean, it's not a crime, as he said, to be no, wealthy. No. And wealthy, I mean, yeah. I mean you can, just one name comes to mind, Bill Gates puts an awful lot of money into the world. He, he's disgustingly wealthy, but you know that he does something with his money. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's many people who have all the money in the world who'd spend 847 euro on a taxi.
8: Yeah, but, I mean, again, that was that was paid for, so it wasn't himself spending it, you know, and that was RTE paid that. Actually, RTE was the public purse. It was the license fee um, that was paying for that. People's, people that pay their license fee, that's where that went, yeah. because RTE it all the expenses for the... The Renault deal, you know, the. You setting could, hire, up you the, could the hire somebody. You could hire somebody. everything. Yeah,
3: you could hire somebody to drive your car, drive you there and back for 100 quid or 200 yeah, yeah. quid, you know, if you wanted to. And I understand he's a celebrity and he doesn't want to be getting on a bus and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, I, I mean, there has to be a, a point where people ask themselves, um, is this money well spent? And I mean, generally, in terms of the world, I mean, there's certain types of people who have no consideration for what they're spending or how that money could be used otherwise but for anybody to spend 847 euro on a taxi Mm. i i i I don't know i I, i i don't know
8: look at the end of the day i mean you have to ask about accountability and consequences and noel kelly who i would find to be a very unconvincing character you know um To say the least, but um, was involved in all of this. In the thick of it, was just came in yesterday, very forceful, and said RTÉs to blame. You know, we Mm. just did what they said. Well, they tried to blindside. Think they're talking to?
3: Yeah, they tried to blindside. Yeah, Uh, yeah. uh, and I I thought there was an awful uh, disrespect uh, for the committee members uh, in not supplying the documentation.
8: Oh, that was unbelievable. I mean, that was. That came in at almost half eight. I think it was about 23 minutes past. It came in and there was just a wad of documentation. Mm. And we had two hours to go through that and trying to find inaccuracies and all of that. Mm. It was just unreal, like, because they they had... volunteered to come a week previous. So they'd all of that. But that's deliberate. I mean, the, the RTE had done that too. We're getting documents mm. at the 11th hour. They're hoping you won't have time to go through them and they'll yeah. add to confusion and you won't pick up things, you know. And it's very frustrating. And whilst they said they were sorry, they were more sorry than the man on the moon. You know, there's mm. nothing tells me that it's not a deliberate tactic, not just by them, but by even other state bodies mm. or you know we had that from RTE top management as well mm. but I suppose uh, thinking about it all Noel Kelly is the agent right he's going to do what he can do for his client get the best deal Ryan Tuberty is going to take all that comes his way regardless right whatever way it has to be done we've seen that he'll take all the, and that and that's, mm. that's his entitlement as Noel Kelly is entitled to negotiate the best deal but it all comes back to RTE top management facilitating mm. this. Raising the false invoices, concealing the deal for the secret payments, putting them through a barter yeah. account, hiding all that information. All of that comes down to top management. Mm. So if you're looking for accountability, that's where we have to get it. And the consequences, I keep saying that- But, but aren't
3: they all, or, or, or well, are they all in the same click? Is there an Ortier click? Is Ortier a closed shop? Uh, you remember the late Jerry Ryan. I don't know if you'd remember his brother, Mike Ryan, who worked on 2FM for a, quite a while. Many people question how. Uh, and wondered if it was because it was Jerry Ryan's brother apparently his daughter works there now uh, and does ads in the car park for RTE and there's an awful lot of people who work in RTE because they know somebody in RTE Ryan Tuberty's grandfather was on the first board of RTE he went into RTE when he was 12 he was working on uh, the Pat Kenny show uh, probably his first job I don't know if he ever had a real job or did anything uh, outside of RTE and has any life experience but is that part of the problem too, this culture of you're in or you're out?
8: Well, that's that's always been talked about for years or rumours to that effect, you know, that it's a closed shop unless you have connections. You won't get in and, and there is, you know, evidence to stack that up but it's certainly, they, they just seem to be a law unto themselves and for years this kind of carry-on went on whether it was the um, vulgar payments that were made to top presenters, whether it's the, 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 you know, all that was done and the top management were unaccount- answerable to nobody, unaccountable to nobody, it appears that um, public money was just spent as, as they wanted it to be spent, you know, with no yeah. accountability or whatever. I mean, this has to change. It literally has to change because the amount of anger out there with the public and it's detracting from all the other issues the housing crisis you know everything else and i'm sure the government are delighted with that but um all of it i said it from the start that inside culture needs to be rooted out completely and i was a little bit worried and we have rte coming in tomorrow to the pack again um the new director general, Mr. Backhurst, yeah. he had said yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, now I just forget. Um, he had said that he couldn't see that anyone else was involved other than the form, uh, the D Forbes. But those invoices showed us yesterday yeah. those some of that information we got. Yeah that, you know, the executive board was involved. Yeah. It was You know, the ones that we had... Yeah,
3: and he'll tell you collected. tomorrow he stood them down uh, and uh, they're going Which to be a, a clean yep. sweep.
8: And some are jumping mm. ship now, but...
3: I listened to Mr Backhurst, or a part of him on uh, News Talk uh, yesterday mm. uh, and he, he was asked uh, about uh, the future role uh, or uh, of Ryan Tuberty and what responsibility who should take um, and... He seemed to be saying uh, that Noel Kelly takes responsibility in this um, for putting this grubby deal together with RTA and the executives you're talking about. Mm. Um, And I thought it was very curious. He he said Ryan Tuberty doesn't do his own deals. Um, And I wondered, um, is Noel Kelly going to be thrown under the bus to save Ryan Tuberty?
8: I don't know. I mean, Noel Kelly... as the, Well, they were both yesterday very supportive of each other. That was very clear. Um, but if RCA
3: want Ryan Tuberty back, uh, they need someone to take responsibility. Oh, well,
8: that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, and that, that could be the way it pans out. I don't know. But, I mean, Ryan Tuberty, at the end of the day, his job as a presenter, um, most people find him a likeable person. Did he do anything that was illegal or anything? No, he didn't. Um, could you question the greed and was he morally wrong and, you know, didn't stop his agent, you know, looking for additional money and said, no, look, at, and paid enough or what have you. No, all of that. But I still come back to the top management that facilitated all of these grubby deals, that concealed the payments, that raised false invoices. They're the ones tasked protect in the public purse. They're the ones that come looking, crying poverty, um, looking for an increase in the TV licence, and yet, you know, underwriting separate commercial deals. Noel Kelly can go in and say this is what he wants, but it's up to top management and say, no, no, we're not underwriting a separate commercial deal. You go off and do your deal, commercial deal separately. The public purse is not underwriting that deal. And they, they didn't do that. And they squandered that public money and yet at the other side of their mouth they're crying poverty and looking for hiking licence fees but that all has to be gone because you'll never ever regain the trust and the staff, the other staff the two tier system that operated in RTE where the other staff were literally thought nothing of and the bogus self employment and the pay disparity and all of that kind of thing and people at the very bottom taking cuts when all of this was going on and top management who are facilitating all of that. I mean, it's just, it's rotten to the core.
3: We we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Imelda Munster is a Sinn Féin TD for Louth and Mead East, and also a member of uh, the Public Accounts Committee as well as uh, the Rockers Media Committee.
9: Michael, Michael Reid
3: on, on LMFM. Uh, yesterday, the government announced details of a 150 million euro fund, which uh, they say hopes to end long term vacancy and dereliction in town and cities, transforming locations around the country uh, and will promote vibrant communities in urban centres. Let's uh, hear a little bit more about this. Uh, we're joined uh, by Fianna Fáil TD for Meath, East, the Minister of State, Thomas Byrne. Good morning to you, Minister. Thanks uh, indeed uh, for joining us. Uh, you've said this will be hugely positive for County Meath. How so?
7: So look, there'll be six million euros spent in County Meath on this, but it's 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 one prong of housing for all. I mean, this is the, this is the whole point that we've been making all along that housing is not just simply sound bites; it's actually having a plan to deliver it in every aspect of it, whether it's building houses or whether, in this case, uh, it's providing money to get basically derelict areas back to life. and I think that's that's just one part of it, and it's going to generate. We hope. Um, well, hopefully, it will
3: be better than the rest of it because the rest of it has been totally dismal, hasn't it?
7: No, I wouldn't agree with that at all. Michael. But sure, the I mean, facts
3: it, speak for themselves. We have the highest house prices ever. We have the most expensive rent ever. We have the highest number of homelessness ever.
7: Well, look, I mean, almost almost 7,000 houses were built in the first quarter of this year, which is 20% more than last year. Uh, we know that there were commencement notices on 13,000 new homes this year to May alone. And over 12,000 first-time buyers got mortgage approved this year so far. These are figures that are way ahead of anything that has gone before in the last number of years. And they're absolutely necessary, as you say, uh, to solve this problem. Yeah, so people will
3: be able to get the most expensive houses in Europe uh, 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 That's if they have somewhere to live at all, because there's more people who are homeless than ever before. And otherwise, uh, people are, are paying exorbitant amounts of money renting.
7: Well, I'm I'm confident that the increased supply, which Michael, we have to admit we are seeing all around the place. There are wow. housing built there are housing built all around the place, uh, place at numbers that we haven't seen in a long, long time and in some cases in numbers that we haven't seen ever.
3: But it, uh, it's it's still the worst moment in history for housing in this country.
7: Well, I mean, before, I'm absolutely convinced that the numbers of houses that we're seeing built, the numbers of first-time buyers that are getting mortgages, the numbers of commencements that we've seen this year, which is a huge number, 13,000 so far this year to the end of May, uh, will see the tide turning. And we have seen, in my opinion, the tide turn on the housing situation. We want to end homelessness. Uh, we want to make sure that housing is affordable that's why we've brought in uh, affordable housing schemes that's why we've brought in ha- schemes uh, to revitalise rural houses and, and urban houses as well which are going to disrepair uh, through the Cree conaha scheme and uh, through big financial incentives and all of those schemes mm-hmm. that we've put into place as part of a comprehensive housing for all plan are starting to work and people can see it with their own eyes uh, if you drive around the place you will see a lot of houses being built at a scale that we haven't seen and that's because Fianna Fáil is in government and no we haven't reached the end of the line we haven't Who could afford them? Well, 12,000 first-time buyers so far this year have been able to buy a house.
3: Oh, there's 12,000 people who are living in hotels or God knows. Uh, we want
7: we to we we get them out of that temporary accommodation.
3: You're not doing really such do. a good job. And yes, uh, uh, that announcement uh, on uh, the derelict sites uh, was made in a progress report on Housing for All, which took place at the same time that Ryan Turberty was giving evidence in the it's A very good time to very bad news wasn't it Mike,
7: it's, it's not a good time to bury bad news michael i want to be out telling people what we're doing on housing for all and they can see it with their own eyes they can see the house being built i was absolutely agreed immediately to go on your radio show to talk about this issue today because i think that there is huge progress being made because fianna Fáil is in government we've seen we have seen the tide turn we have seen housing construction start at scale at last and it's not going no, no one no one ever said there was going to be a one-year fix um, but also, no one ever said that this is going to be solved by sound bites. This is solved by a comprehensive plan: housing for all. No other political party, no other um, person, has put forward such a comprehensive plan. And this issue on dereliction mm. that was announced yesterday yeah. uh, was well, is put forward as one prong of that plan. Right. There's lots of others, and we hope that it will generate almost five thousand units throughout the country on this particular aspect alone.
3: Right, uh, which will pay people to uh, renovate these houses.
7: Well, I mean, it's, it's going to activate them. I mean, it's, it'll pay people they're to they're renovate they're them. They're it'll they're make they're
3: well. It'll make wealthy people wealthier.
7: That's the intention of this is to make sure that people have homes to get the yeah. twelve thousand people out of homelessness. But we've not and to make sure that housing is affordable to bring rents down and to make sure. That
3: the but we is can't down. build social houses.
7: We're building more social houses, Michael, almost than ever before. That's the reality at the moment. That is the reality, and the statistics show that out, and uh, my colleague Darine is going around, up and down the country opening yeah. new social and affordable housing uh, schemes all around the country. We brought in grant the reason so many first time buyers are able to buy are able to buy properties at the moment and get into their forever home uh, as homeowners is because of the various incentives that we've brought in uh, which by the way are opposed by almost all the opposition, uh, but we want to make sure first time buyers are in those houses, and people can see it with their own eyes, they can mm-hmm. drive around, they can look around their house has been built. Uh, Towns are expanding and that's going to continue. Uh, And that's absolutely necessary because you're right, we do need to solve the homeless crisis and we do need to make sure uh, that rents are affordable. But we have brought in schemes, particularly for first-time buyers, uh, to make sure that housing can be affordable for them to buy. And those schemes are clearly working because more first-time buyers uh, are able to get in the property ladder every single year.
3: All right. uh, While you're with us, uh, you have a significant uh, announcement uh, that you're making today in terms of sports capital grants.
7: Yeah, we've we've announced today that we're opening the Sports Capital Programme, which is a very popular programme for for sports facilities up and down the country. It will be open from next Monday on on the government website until the 8th of September. Uh, The idea is that clubs will be able to improve their facilities and apply uh, for um, the purchase of equipment. Um, we've made a number of changes this year. One is to reflect areas of increasing population and the fact that they lack facilities. That's very, very important to the country. It's obviously very, very important to me and the area that I represent. Uh, the other thing that we've done is there's a new rule here, which I think most clubs are probably okay at this stage, but they will have to make sure that there is similar access provided to men and women's teams uh, on, in, in, in their facilities. We can't have, we can't have discrimination continuing. Um, and that is going to that is going to mean a change, but I think a positive one. Uh, the last time we had over 166 million in applications, they pretty much almost all uh, got what they asked for. I would hope the same will apply, but we'll have to see what applications come in uh, and whether we can meet that demand. But I'm certainly encouraging clubs. Um, right around the country uh, as Minister for Sport and and right around uh, my own constituency of course as well uh, to make sure that they apply for that and there is help available. Um, I've spoken to pretty much all of the big sporting organisations Uh, they have help available for clubs. The local sports partnerships in Mead and indeed in Louth have help available available for clubs. And of course, people uh, are always free, particularly in the constituency, to contact me. Uh, and indeed, people contact me at Minister for Sport from all around the
3: country on this as well. Okay, grants of up to two hundred thousand, and if uh, they're deemed to have regional significance, of up to as much as five hundred thousand euro.
7: Yeah, so the the clubs would be able to apply for two hundred thousand regional grants which are generally speaking um, for example local authority grants or you know genuinely regional places or indeed as well um facilities which are owned by the community which cater for more than one sport we've brought that in we do want to encourage uh facility sharing uh that's actually one of the reasons i i invited construction youth uh, football club and the athletic club um into they they took part in the photograph launch uh, of the project because they, they, they essentially have a shared facility down in Shockland and we certainly want to encourage uh, more of that uh, all around the country because that's the way it's going to have to go. Um, people, you know, clubs should be encouraged to do that. It's much more efficient. Uh, it's much better. I think it's better value for the
3: taxpayer as well. Okay, Minister, just very briefly before uh, you leave us, uh, while we're talking about RTE and ROCTUS committees, RTE uh, and indeed the GAA and all of the sporting bodies will be in front of the media committee today to talk uh, about uh, the future of sports broadcasting. I think GAA Go is going to be in the spotlight. Any thoughts on that?
7: Well, look, I mean, they've already committed to me, the GA and RTE, to review the thing at the end of the season. And I think that this committee today, this hearing, I think is very, very useful uh, to try to get into the nuts and bolts of this. Look. Th- The bottom line is we want as much sport on TV, free to air, as is possible. And, of course, on local radio, too, uh, which is really, really important for for lots of games. And I want to acknowledge that as well. And that's a huge public service that's provided, uh, particularly by local radio. But they can't all be on. I mean, there's just not enough space for them all to be on. So how do we make sure that games are provided in the fairest possible way, bearing in mind that people pay uh, a licence fee, uh, every year for this, and there is significant advertising as well associated with them. So let's see what, what comes out of the committee today. Uh, it's very useful, and I certainly have, you know, agreed with the GEA that they will do a review at the end of the year of this. Um, and that's very, very important, and we will be making sure that that happens.
3: All right, Minister, thank you indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, that is Minister of State Thomas Byrne, uh, the sports minister, who is also a Fianna Fáil TD for me, at least. Michael,
9: Michael Reed on, on LMFM. FM. An interesting
3: question yesterday from Peter Fitzpatrick TD to Ryan Tuberty. He wanted to know if uh, Tuberty decided to resign from the Late Late Show because of the payment scandal.
9: No. If you had been, if you had been made aware, would you have stayed in your position until the end of your term, or would you have resigned? If you knew, if you didn't know? It, it, is,
4: it, is a, it is, a, hypothetical that is unbecoming. of, this, it's of a the committee. No, but I would also say, you, I, 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 get the sense that you choose not to believe my reason for the leaving the legislature. i I'm only for asking a questions. And I'm, and I'm, I'm asked by a, people. I'm deputy. Yeah. Please, I'm only answering a question. I'm well, not you. I I, 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 I am. I have answered. Do, I've answered you quite clearly. That's the word no, and equally with my answer to you regarding the, the late late show. If you choose not to believe me, I think that's a terrible pity because you. I'm asked, I'm only you, you, you live uh, with a lack of truth, then.
9: Right. If OTE were overstating the amount of money that you were that were paying you, I like. I'm sorry, you know, where, I can't hear you. If OTE were overstating the amount of money that were paying you, where's the balance of the money? In the public service, any recipient, but you, are the recipient of overpayment, is obliged to be torn out overpayment. Would you be willing to be torn this over overpayment to the public funds? This is taxpayers' money. Your your audience. Yes. So, would you be willing to be torn the to repayment the overpayments, to the public funds?
4: You need to refer to the document, um, deputy, where, right. you'll, where I'm going you to ask, will Yes,
9: Please answer the question. I will.
4: Yeah, there have been no overpayments or uh, of any sort. That's it. there were overstatement of payments by RT because of their unfortunate
9: accountancy errors. I said, as I said, if OT were overstating the amount of money, and you knew they were overstating the amount of money, I'm asking the question: Was I, right, in, in the public service, any recipients of overpayments is obliged to be torn to overpayments? Would you be willing to be torn this overpayment? Yeah, no. The, the difficulty here
4: function? is is is
9: Did you have any other undisclosed commercial involvement with a third party? Again, please. Did you have any other undisclosed commercial involvement with a third party? No. Okay. Did you really think that the people, the rental deal, that people wouldn't think you were trying to to avoid a pay cut? So people know about the rental payment. Do you honestly think that people don't think one and one is two?
4: I think that the nature of an independent contractor signing a deal with a different company is pretty, pretty complicated. To be honest with you, I'm not a very smart man when it comes to these things. That's why I pay a smart man to do that for me. So you'll have to forgive me for not having a great grasp of the detail here, but I never set out to to to, to cause any confusion to anyone at any time, ever. I never underestimate the, the intelligence and the decency of the Irish people.
9: Well, it, it, it is difficult for the Irish people to uh, reconcile that the, the Rennel deal was an entirely separate arrangement when it was formed part of the 2020 contract negotiation. What gives rise to Dee Forbes? She'll be she, side-note on the 19th of December. Uh, did you... Tr- did you make a threat that you want to walk with your job? At the time through your weekly radio shows and as a presenter of the of the flagship lately at show, this brought in significant proportion of money and commercial revenue to uh, OTE. And uh, when they were under, uh, under severe financial pressure, did you leverage this fact and did you pressure the Director General to keep you happy?
4: No. It never came up. I didn't negotiate with the Director General, Deputy. I gave them back money as it happens. No, i fill you in
9: on that if you wish to hear them. Mr. Kelly, uh, uh, you're putting the sole blame on RTE regarding this fiasco. Why did you ask OTE, a public body, to guarantee payments due from Leonard, a substantial private company, to have Ryan Tubbardy commercial obligations unwritten with taxpayers' money? Mr. Tubbardy always, always said in the show, we're all in it together, and this money is public money. Do, 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 do you think this is unacceptable?
6: So, firstly, the agreement with Renault is with RTE. In relation to the public money we were paid by Renault, our understanding... So you were paid by RTE? No, we were paid by Renault. We were paid by Renault. And then we were paid by Astis, And we understood that Astis was it was involved with Renault. So, at all times, we were acting under instruction from, uh, from RTE. The, the relationship with
9: Renault is with RTE. It's not with us. RTE right, rejects the claim that, that incorrect uh, versions of events were presented to the there last week uh, regarding the RTE agreement to underwrite payments. Within your pack, you provide email evidence to prove your point. An email isn't a contract. I'm sure you know that. Sure. The position of either party could easily change in minutes or days. Can you show us the actual contract? So the contract... Do you have an actual contract? You,
6: So, exactly, what what
9: contract? Do you, contract? Wait, 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 do you have a contract? Do, do you have a contract? You're saying that, that you, had a, you had agreement by an email, right? I'm saying, do you actually have a physical contract? You, 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 you know what? Oh, you, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Do, do you have, said, sorry, okay, do you have okay, a contract?
6: Pleased, sorry. Um, <clears throat> as you said. Uh,
9: sorry, never, yes, we, yes, or no. Do you have a contract?
6: We, we, uh, we, for.
9: F- f- I'm sorry, I don't mean to rush you.
6: Sorry. We're dealing with a €350 million Euro operation.
3: OK, and then uh, we were told it was Ortiz's uh, fault and uh, they made the terms. Uh, that's Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty speaking to independent uh, TD for Loudoun East Mead. Peter Fitzpatrick. Michael,
9: Michael Reed on LMFM.
3: On now, thanks to Christine and Kells who says the Oscar for the best dramatic performance goes to... Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly. Outstanding, the pair of them, she says. Thank you indeed for your message. Christine, Sean in Dublin Nine says, Ryan Tuberty's ego and self-flagellation performance was cringing to watch. He's not the only one who feels bad about young orphans, nor is he the only one who helps charities. It was not an Oscar-winning act. Give him a Razzie for making us squirm, says Sean in Dublin Nine, obviously at odds there uh, with Christine and Kels. Thanks uh, for your WhatsApp message, Sean. uh, Thanks, uh, too, to the caller who says Imelda Munster was head and shoulders above everyone else when it came to asking uh, the questions of them. She stooled them. Uh, well done, says Amelda. thank you, what does that mean? She stooled them. does anybody know what that means? I hope I didn't say anything rude <laughs> I don't know what that means, never heard that expression before. Uh, Margaret, thank you for your WhatsApp message, she says, believe it or not I heard people on another radio station saying the politicians were boring asking the same questions over and over of Ryan Tuberty and his sidekick Noel Kelly, indeed, they were saying who are politicians to talk they're not saints, hard to believe people are so gullible, indeed, another radio presenter who is on or RTE uh, and on a huge salary. Uh, politicians themselves, if they step out of line they have to answer for the mistakes they make. I feel sorry for the rest of the staff in RTE. Indeed uh, if I heard it properly. It takes them years to make some of the money that was mentioned and the late presentation of documents to the committee was a distraction. How would anyone have time to have read them? Well done Melda Monster. Pleasure watching you and your PAC colleagues says Margaret. Uh, Kelly obviously has Ortier by the shortened curlies, uh, according to uh, another listener who has uh, been in touch with us, uh, saying that if he told RTÉ the sky was blue, um, they'd uh, probably check <laughs> twice. Thanks uh, for that. Um, we'd uh, somebody else uh, then saying good morning, Michael. Just listening RTÉ drama and uh, Mel Munter's interview. What I- ignorance! Uh our are people making fun uh, of deputies saying they can't hear what he's saying. This is Ryan Tuberty talking to Peter Fitzpatrick. uh, Tuberty and others, they knew exactly what they were doing. People of Ireland should stop paying the TV licence. It's disgraceful, disgraceful behaviour of RTE management. Sylvia, thank you very much indeed for your WhatsApp message. Some messages about housing. Uh, Somebody in touch saying uh, there's a four-bedroom house idle in one estate in Drogheda since February another one and another one uh, for nearly a month nothing being done about them yeah I don't know that's uh, an age old question Uh, I presume they're council houses and why does it take so long uh, for the council to get somebody else in to live in a house that was perfectly fine for the most part for the people who have just left Uh, somebody else says Michael over 2,000 people in Meath waiting on one-bed accommodation. None of these are being built. Uh, I take it that's in response as well to Thomas Burns' interview earlier on. uh, A text message from somebody who says, when it comes to obtaining planning in County Meath, that's a joke. Local needs and planning applications needs to be updated and become more open to people living in the region. Planning laws are outdated. Uh, Back to RTE and the text from somebody who says, no change, it's not what you know, it is who you know. But thank you indeed for that. Uh, We'll hear a little bit more from...
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
3: Nice dress. Uh, It's a a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
3: From uh, the Workers' Committee uh, uh, another locally based uh, politician, uh, Finnafold Senator Shane Castles, uh, who was asking about this. Seventy-five thousand euro. So
2: it's a separate agreement. Well, it's I don't. A, it's a, think it's, 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 I know you're categorising it as a separate agreement, but ultimately, it's a cumulative pay. That's from Orte, and, it was put, that's from and it was put on the table to make worse. sure that there was a signature on the table. What other deals were on the table, Ryan, at Christmas 2019? Were there offers from News Talk or Virgin or BBC that your agent was also saying that this was this was possibly that you could look at as I, well? I,
4: I never negotiate, Senator. You can ask old question. He negotiates. Uh, no, no, you okay. have to ask no, that, the man. Who no, negotiates. no, that's fine. That's is. fine. But
2: I tell you, my experience. In, in past, as sure. being a sports journalist, is that uh, from agents? Is that football agents would have agents that negotiate with clubs? Don't tell me that they don't know what's being uh, put into their contract or what club they would go to. And similarly, the same applies to you in terms of whether stations were vying for you. Yes. The man wasn't not talking to you. Yes. Were there, were there a scenario where in Christmas 2019, News Talk or Virgin or BBC were looking for you? And no, no, no. no. he he would have told you sorry I'm the one who who negotiates I know and he's the man that would eventually be put on the show so it's a fair question no excuse me it's it's fair to put to him uh, had had your agent informed you Mr Tuberty had your agent informed you of any potential officers from other uh, parties in the media sphere not that I'm aware of at this point not that you're aware of Mr Kelly were there no no, no, so you weren't no. throwing that into the equation. Okay, no. I can't. so
6: I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a sports agent. <clears throat> I'm not a sports agent, and I can understand why a football team would be going with Man United or Aston he completely that.
9: Okay, well we'll, we'll move, we'll move on. The um, the, no, there was not, The
6: not, details no, of the contract. No, and Ryan loves Ortiz. Ryan wants to stay in Ortiz. This was if, if Ryan wants okay. to leave. Okay, I'm just that would I'm just finding it hard because
2: Ryan said this morning at PAC that you know he does his job. No Kelly does his job. I'm just still figuring that you know you still read the. Agreement when, when you sign it, um, because you know. Looking at this, Ryan, over the time since you've worked with the Late Late Show, I think I've worked it out roughly that you've, that you've earned eight million uh, euro from your time as working on the Late Late Show. And what wonders to me is why in God's name then we were chasing uh, these speaking gigs for seventy-five thousand euro uh, as part of the deal to get it over the line. We weren't, and this was this was an initiative from RTÉ. Yeah, because, but why? Why was there a need for RTE You're to throw it on the RTE table? No, why? To keep the I mean, were you sitting board? there going, Ryan, look, they're coming with 75 grand. They're com- they're coming with 75 grand extra. You keep saying that it's RTE that were coming with this and you weren't going looking for it. But I'm finding that struggling hard to believe that when Adrian Lynch said negotiations were stalled, Senator, here they came answer, with a bounty. Can answer I answer the question? Yeah, okay. Can I answer the question? Okay. Answer, the question? Answer the question?
6: Yeah. Very simple. RTE came to us with this initiative. I can only assume that they wanted to keep one of their biggest sponsors on board. And and have, and sorry, can yeah. I please finish the question? I, I keep Ryan Tubby on board. Keeping Ryan Tubby on board for another five years would equate to keeping a sponsor on. Now, Ryan Tubby has finished the Late Late Show. Maybe it'll be the same sponsor, maybe another sponsor. But that's all. I'm okay. not a sports agent. We don't. That's have fine. A and that, that is your narrative. I, and you've I'm held sorry, the line, sorry, Senator, I would only, I would only look at. If somebody wanted to move, if they were unhappy in the scenario, that they were actually in, and that's all.
2: OK, well, that's fine, and you've held that narrative, and you've, you've held that line all day. When I'm saying is that Adrian Lynch said the negotiations were stalled and that when this was put on the, on the table, that this progressed things on. And, you know, Minister... And, I, and I'm going to put this to you, Ryan, respectively, because in here, ministers blaming officials and turning to their officials doesn't wash it, because the book stops with them. And they resign if there's a cock-up. Fintan O'Toole in the Irish Times last week described Mr Kelly not as your father confessor but your attack dog and that it was the conscience of the client as to whether the dog was called off. So why did you look for that last pound of flesh when you were being paid a basic of €440,000 for these um, add-ons to make sure that the contract was signed? I'm Senator, we're, we're, we're not responsible for
6: Fintan O'Toole's commentary.
2: And I'm asking in terms of why was it necessary for the add-ons regardless of the basic pay was €440,000 not enough? You've already explained that. No, you You know, I'm asking Mr. Tuppley directly, and I'm entitled to ask the man they himself who is being question. paid. Uh, there's been a lot of latitude, Chairman, with the height of respect. I'm asking you respectfully, was €440,000 not enough? Did you not say to, to uh, Mr. Kelly, I don't need the extra 75000 That's uh, 160 uh, 75, euros To use your own 100, 160 analogy. euros the licence fee 3000 To use your own analogy.
4: Would a footballer expect a decent fee for playing for his club? And would the footballer have his agent negotiate a decent fee to play for his club? And somebody who was a sports journalist, as you've claimed, and I presume it's true, uh, that has to be taken into consideration. So with that in mind, this man negotiates my salary situation, my contract situation. He is, as he said before, he he, he minds my business, and he minds. He minds me too. He's, he's a good person. Uh, he, he, so, he struck. He has struck a good deal. But what I'm struggling with today, so you know, you talk about our narrative there. Narrative. Yeah. But this is not our story. This is our.
1: In truth. thirty seconds, Senator Castles, to wrap up in thirty seconds. Uh, uh,
2: no. Uh, it, quite frankly, now I mean, it is a narrative because it is putting forward uh, one scenario, and I'm, I'm putting contention to you that there was a stalling in the contract. This was the sweetener to make sure that this contract was signed and it got it over the deal. I mean, you have said in your second. Statement going back to the 23rd of June when you apologized and said you should have asked questions. Mm. I mean, if there is a scenario where um, th- that you believe that the money in terms of uh Renault was still coming from Renault and not to RTE, why were you what were you apologizing for? Well, no, I was apologizing for, for figures that were printed
4: incorrectly. Yeah, from the, from the 2017 for, no, for not noticing 19.
5: them. Okay,
10: uh, and we will have thank to you for your
3: time, there. Senator. We will thank have you. to Senator Cass. Okay. Odds. Um, them thanking. Senator Castles for his time, given that they were witnesses in front of uh, the members of uh, the Eroctus Media Committee, uh, Fianna Fáil Senator Shane Castles, uh, a member of uh, that committee and the exchange there with Ryan Truberty and Noel Kelly. Our phone number 0419832000. Text or WhatsApp 0861800658. Email michael at lmfm.ie.
9: Michael Reed,
3: Reed on LMFM. I was reading that comment out earlier on uh, from somebody who said uh, that Imel Munster had stooled them. Yes, I wasn't sure if uh, it was uh, a rude thing to say or what it meant at all, uh, but we did ask, uh, and our caller has come back to say it's an old saying, meaning they were knocked off their purchase. They were stooled. OK, they were knocked off their purges. Thank you very much indeed for coming back to us uh, with that clarification, if you like. Now, uh, we're going to go to Leinster House to speak uh, to leader and founder of A 2 Padre Tobin, who's a TD for Mead West. There's much to discuss. Uh, but before we do, uh, one of your members uh, has been uh, attacked, it same seem, as uh, cars come under fire as part of the 12th of July celebrations, I take it.
10: Yeah, it's incredible news to wake up to this morning where um, an anti-rep in Newry, uh, Sharon Loughran, uh, who stood for us in the elections just gone by, um, had she woke up at three o'clock in the morning to see her car completely in an inferno. And the flames, the car was parked in the driveway. The car is very close to the house. And much of that, the side of the house uh, has melted. Uh, she has obviously no electricity, no water, etc. And literally the, the the flames could have lit the house um, last night where obviously that would have been an absolute tragedy potentially on her hands. Um, this is a, a woman who is a um, paediatric nurse in Daisy Hill Hospital. The reason, the reason she stood for into uh, in the local elections in Europe because she wanted to stop the closure of services uh, in Daisy Hill Hospital. And, you know, people we're, were having a big debate over the last while about the 12th of July, but Unfortunately, the twelfth of July has not just history. There's there's real, you know, yeah. real term, uh, real time connotations to the violence that is meted out on nationalists and republicans and Catholics.
3: What time did she North. wake up? at, did you say?
10: Just after three o'clock in the morning, oh, um, she woke up. Yeah.
3: To, and she to she managed to get out safe. Did she?
10: He did. She was. Yeah. She was nervous about leaving the house, obviously, because there's
3: um, the uh, no you was know, outside. Yeah.
10: This is this is it. And um, there was, you know, she has CCTV, so there are some images of the perpetrator of this uh, violence. The, 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 the PSNI called very uh, soon afterwards, and the fire service called very, very quickly as well. Okay. So,
3: and do you know how many people were in the house, or was Sharon alone?
10: I, just the one, just yeah. the one. So it's mm. even more terrifying in, the, in that scenario uh, when you don't have uh, that support. So mm. that's basically unfortunate. Like you know, many nationalists mm. leave uh, the six counties during this week, and um, because of the, unfortunately, mm. there's a, a, a very direct link between this type of violence against Catholics um, and this celebration. Unfortunately,
3: right? Uh, she must be terribly shaken and disturbed uh, over what happened, uh, and uh, because. Uh, of her political leanings or, or religion or whatever it was. Uh, and uh, because she's been active politically, I take it that you're uh, coming from uh, a perspective that feels that that's why she was targeted.
10: It, it actually it remains a mystery to us because during the actual elections her house was daubed with uh, sectarian graffiti as well so the the word the, the letters uda were written all over her her front walls in her in her house during the elections this is a woman with no let's say previous background in politics in any sense of mm. of the, the matter and in fairness like ein to the party that's 4 years old we're not a party who's you know history stretches back to the dark days of the troubles in any ways mm-hmm. and we don't carry any of that kind of history with us so for an into a candidate uh, who is a you know a, a, psych- a pediatric nurse in a hospital that spends their days helping people from both communities mm. to be targeted as this is is um there's a very very weak tenuous political sense to it but it's
3: um it's be- beyond intimidation isn't it
10: it is, because I tell you what, like, you know, there's, there's no doubt when something like that happens to you, you have to reassess where you live. You have to reassess what you're doing, what your involvement is. You know, this is a life and death potentially issue. Uh, and that action was taken to force people to think very carefully mm. about what they're doing with their lives.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's dreadful. Uh, and I'm sure you'll agree to hear of an effigy of Michelle O'Neill being put on top of a, a bonfire. But to actually attack somebody uh, to set fire to Sharon's car outside of her house. Uh, I mean, she's lucky to be alive, I take it, from what you're saying about the damage to the house.
10: With the, the, you know, unfortunately, most of the facia and the you know the pipes, the pipeworks and the electrics, et cetera, on the side of the house are melted away. Uh, and um, if a flame had of could have easily jumped uh, to the house, well then, you know, we would be talking about a whole different story now at this stage. So thank God she's She's alive, fit and healthy. Uh, now she just has to process what's happened to her uh, and she has to be able to start to fix her home so she can live in it uh, and get on with her life.
3: Mm-hmm. It's right for all together, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I'm sure everybody will send best wishes to Sharon Loughran in Newry after that incredibly horrible experience. Uh, you were due to talk to us anyway this morning about Tower of Mines uh, because there's a, a delegation of staff members in um, uh, Leinster House uh, today to meet with TDs and Senators hoping that uh, there can be some change uh, because uh, there's little prospect uh, in terms Uh, of uh, the mine opening it would seem before October at this stage but quite probably much later than that probably the new year, would you agree with that?
10: Well I I think there's there's two key elements to that decision, there's one is the price of zinc which nobody can control and unfortunately the news on that front doesn't look too positive at the moment the other element of this is the cost base uh, and the price of electricity is a major element of the cost base, it's the second biggest cost uh, that workers uh, that the, the the mine has, you know, I, I do think that the government can pull that lever, and um, there are mines in other countries working with similar cost bases to Tara mines. The, the difference that they have is that they have a far lower electricity price. Ireland has the second highest electricity price in Europe, we're double the EU per unit uh, average at the moment, uh, and the government could help, and also. The government has been providing financial help to offset energy costs to microchip uh, processors in Ireland Uh, and we believe that the same level of support should be provided in terms of um, uh, this mine. Now, I will say... Without
3: breaching breaching state aid rules?
10: Well, yeah, I I do believe that um, the, the government has a choice. The government can either take the pressure off them in terms of the exceptionally high electricity prices that are being forced on everybody in Ireland at the moment. Uh, or they could actually...
3: Uh, just, just, I'm sorry, we're losing you there?
10: Yeah, so the government, the government could actually reduce the electric electricity prices in Ireland significantly. Everybody's suffering from the, the inordinately high electricity prices at the moment. But if they're not willing to do that, uh, I believe that they should be uh, forcing the European Union to make a decision on this. We haven't had a a uh, a full decision from the european union in terms of state aid rules uh, as of yet and so that's why the unions are coming to leinster house today to make that presentation and presentation around income so you know in other european countries when a person is laid off made redundant uh there is some kind of step down income facility so that uh, the individual is not pushed yeah. off an income cliff but that's not in place yet in Ireland. No. And, um, you know, the, the unions are calling for the government to implement that ASAP so that it is available
3: yeah. um, to but the, the Taoiseach uh, addressed that uh, yesterday uh, in response uh, to you and McBarry uh, and was saying you can't do it just for Tara Mines. Uh, he would like to do it, he likes the idea in principle, but you can't do it in isolation for one company only. It wouldn't be fair. He's right, isn't he?
10: Well, we're not looking for it just for Tara Mines. We're looking for them to get emergency legislation through in the same way that the emergency legislation was provided for the p- payments in times of COVID. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just for Tara Mines. Um, this is something that the government said that they want to do, anyways. Um, and we believe that they should um, expedite their legislation now so that it actually helps these workers because these workers you know it's all, they're already dealing with a cost of living crisis they're now many of them are in their, their local banks trying to negotiate a payment holiday on their mortgages mm. trying to get interest only loans on their mortgages so that they can actually you know don't mm. go into arrears so that their their houses don't get threatened in in a Well some people crisis. would be
3: better off than others uh, 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 and that's uh, not just outside of Tire Mines, comparing people being laid off in one company to another within Tire Mines. If you take the 650 people who are there under this pay-related benefit system that you're talking about, those who paid more PSI would end up with higher payments, would they not?
10: Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple is of models. Uh, there is that fair? There's a couple of models and we haven't decided on which model that we we, we, we need support yet, but we like the one model would mean that the more you pay in terms of PRSI, the more you get in terms of the your layoff and uh, if you're made redundant. There are other models which actually have maybe a, a more equitable um, layoff redundancy payment uh, for everybody, uh, which is in, in, in the same level, okay. and there's arguments were both- So,
3: so you're, think, consi- you're considering all of this, as is the government?
10: Yeah, but like all I'm saying is that while consideration is one thing in the political class, yeah. these people are considering how to feel, feed their families, how I to know, keep their lives but, on. I know, but them. I'm
3: hearing you criticise the government uh, but you don't have a solution to offer
10: well, I'm happy with either of those solutions at the moment. I would be—I'm not going to be uh, prevaricating while people go hungry. You know, I would say get some solution into place. And like the idea that we will have a theoretical discussion with the government for months while families go hungry is just nonsense. You know, and, and I will say to people who who are listening, who are available in county Meath there will be workers who will be protesting outside of Leinster House gates as well from two o'clock. And I would say that anybody who's free, you know, whether they can take a late lunch if they're working in Dublin and come down to Leinster House, or if they're free to travel up to Leinster House today, I would ask them to go there Stand in solidarity with those uh, workers, swell their numbers, uh, and do do our best to keep the pressure on. Because you know, this is a big issue for these families who are obviously at the precipice of a of a, an, an, uh, of a of an income fall. But it's also a key issue for a county that doesn't have a lot of big employers. You know, there, the majority of people who woke up today uh, will go to work in a different county uh, than me, um, and that doesn't happen in, in any other county in the country. So, you know, we need to m- protect the employer bases mm-hmm. that we have here because that's key for the shops, for the retail outlets, for the cafes, for the restaurants, etc. in the county. And um, so definitely if people can make it, be there for two o'clock outside of Leinster House.
3: All right. Uh, do you believe uh, that uh, the workers are going to vote in favour of uh, the deal that the unions has done with Blyden?
10: I don't know, and I've been talking to a number of workers, and there are different opinions in relation to it. Um, you know, many people will feel that this is something um, it's better than nothing. Many people feel that the unions have done the best job that they could in relation to this, and for sure it hasn't been easy for them. Uh, others will obviously just be looking at their ability to survive over the next number of months, and we'll see the provision of what's been given to them as not really helping that much in terms of survival. Um, and that's why I think it's important that the government comes into play. I do think Baleighton has treated these workers abysmally. I think that, you know, Baleighton have been mining Irish ore uh, for a large number of years now. They've been paying very little taxes in terms of... um um, you know, corporation tax and royalties. Uh, they've had the loyalty of these workers uh, for all of those years. When they made high profits, they have big cash banks, you know, at their disposal. And I don't believe they're showing uh, the loyalty back to the workers uh, in terms of this difficult space. And I think, you know, the fact that it took so long for them to actually uh, cut a deal with Sip to Connect uh, and unite. Uh, is incredible, uh, and I would uh, really encourage uh, the, mine, the mine itself to okay. look at its responsibilities to its own workers.
3: All right, we'll leave there. Thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. As you say, uh, people are welcome to stand in solidarity with workers protesting outside Leinster House at two o'clock today. Peter Tobeen, leader and founder of Ain2, is a TD for me, the West. Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now, Sinn Féin used its private members' time in the doll yesterday uh, to debate what can be done to improve uh, the housing and homeless crisis in this country, calling for a three-year ban on increases in rent, uh, that there would be an emergency response to the amount of people who are homeless, which would include uh, the reintroduction of the ban on no-fault addiction expanding the tenant in situ scheme using emergency planning and procurement powers to deliver more homes and bring more vacant homes into use. Uh, it was uh, the Minister for Housing, Darrell O'Brien, who was responding to the motion.
10: We have had to delicately val- balance the rights of renters and the rights of property owners so as not to shrink the rental market any further every and year. to reduce the supply. Every year the party's obviously
0: shrinking. Fees. Your
10: behavior this evening is outrageous even by your Minister. standards the party opposite want to take a sledgehammer to that and cause a further flight of landlords from the market landlords which will make the situation even you'll worse you'll but watch. be in no every doubt day. the availability of rental accommodation as every well day. as Price the, the increase in homelessness rental. are of a serious concern zone. to me and Private this government
7: and
3: that's why right. right. i will pull out of that uh, because uh, it continues like that uh, and uh, was probably the most interrupted speech i've ever heard in uh, the doll. let Let's speak uh, to Owen O'Brien who tabled uh, the motion, who we could hear echoing the Minister there. and A very good morning to you, Owen O'Brien, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme this morning. Uh, Was it that there was no point in listening to the Minister, or why was there so much interruption?
0: I think it's a measure of the enormous frustration, not only felt by those of us in opposition, uh, but by the people uh, that are coming into our constituency clinics every single day. Uh, Daryl O'Brien has been the Minister for three years, uh, he's been coming in week after week saying exactly the same thing. And during those three years, rents have increased almost 25%. Uh, house prices have increased almost 25%. Homelessness, 39%. And child homelessness, the number of children sleeping every night in bed and breakfasts in hostels and hotels has increased by a staggering 44%. And the minister can come in all he likes uh, and he can keep repeating the same script. But if all of the facts uh, tell us that things are going in the wrong direction and if he keeps ignoring the advice not just given by Sinn Féin and other opposition parties but by housing policy experts, by homeless organisations, by campaigners like Peter McFerry uh, then I have to say I I think he needs to be challenged because this isn't just a political argument children's lives are being ruined uh, every single day because of the policy failures of this government Uh, and there are alternatives, these things do not have to be this way so, is it unedifying to have to uh, 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 listen to those kinds of acrimonious debates? I think it is. Would I much prefer to be having, you know, reasoned uh, platonic discussions with adult? Yes, I would. But so long as the number of adults, children, and pensioners have uh, 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 been forced into homelessness by this government increases, I will continue to challenge the government and I make no apologies for it. How
3: would you rate Dara O'Brien as Minister for Housing?
0: Given that Homeless numbers are higher than they have ever been in modern history. I would rate him according to that uh, uh, statistic and that statistic alone. He is the worst Minister for Housing that we have had to date. Has he faced challenges? Yes, as have all. Uh, But look at his record. House prices higher than they've ever been and continuing to rise. Rents higher than they've ever been and continuing to rise. He has missed his social and his affordable rental and purchase targets every year for three years. And in the first half of this year, he is again almost 30% uh, 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 below his capital spending target uh, for housing uh, programmes. Mm. Uh, and the, the characteristic of his tenure is the constant announcement, the constant press release, but of schemes that haven't actually been designed, giving people false hope uh, uh, only to have that hope uh, uh, badly uh, dashed. I mean, this week alone, Uh, we were told that the much-promised first refusal scheme where renters, where landlords are selling, would be given the first option to buy that home. Legislation, we were told, would be in and in force before the end of this dull term hasn't even been written and isn't going to come in until the autumn or winter. And almost every time Dara announces something, it hasn't been designed, it hasn't been worked out, it then takes a year or more uh, and various transformations and that's the reason why uh, all of those statistics are going in the wrong, wrong direction. Mm. Well, it's it's a very big statement.
3: It's a very big statement and very strong criticism to say that our O'Brien is uh, the worst Minister for Housing that we've ever had I- in the state. A, a good soundbite, I- if you like, from our perspective uh, as a uh, uh, reporter. Uh, but we had Thomas Byrne, Junior Minister, on the programme earlier saying, don't mind the soundbites. It's the action and look at the amount of houses that are being built in the country. And we've turned a corner and we're going to see all of these problems solved over the coming years.
0: So, first of all, we were told by Miho Martin last uh, November that we turned a corner. and Now, apparently, we've turned another corner and that seems to be like we're just going round in circles. But the problem is the government estimate that between public and private sector delivery, this year, 30,000 new homes will be delivered, about the same as last year. Every independent expert in the country, uh, uh, all of the voluntary sector uh, and the private sector developers are telling us we need 50,000. So if you set your targets so low, you can't then congratulate yourself for meeting them. But what was really significant is yesterday the government, so the T-shirt, the, T-shirt, the leader of the Green Party, and Darrell Brown, the Minister for Housing, yeah. launched what they called a quarter two progress report
7: mm-hmm.
0: uh, of their housing plan. No information on the number of social homes delivered this year. No information on the number of affordable homes to rent or buy delivered this year. No information on the number of vacant or derelict homes brought back into use under any government scheme. No information on the number of tenant-in-situ purchases and homelessness, and no information about when they expect uh, 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 homelessness uh, to start to fall.
3: But sure, nobody was listening. It was only a few journalists who got the short straw and and couldn't watch what was happening at uh, the Public Accounts Committee.
0: a coincidence That on the day when government are launching a so-called progress report with no progress announced on any of the things that they actually control, that they do it at the very same time when the eyes of the country, the political and media establishment are on the Public Accounts Committee. And when I spoke to journalists who were hastily notified about the government housing press conference, uh, uh, on Monday afternoon, the kind of language they were saying was this was government cynical media manipulation at its very worst. They wanted to bury this bad news under uh, uh, the bright lights uh, around of Ryan appearance at PAC. And, and of course, if government really had good news to report yesterday on housing, if they really had progress to report, mm. they wouldn't have held a press conference at the same time that Ryan was in front of PAC. They would have done it at another occasion. And That's why what Thomas Byrne is saying simply isn't true. 12 years of fianne in government, Seven years of Fianna Fáil, uh, propping them up in one form or another. Three years of Fianna Fáil in the Ministry of Housing. Things have never been worse. How much more time do these people need to get their act and house in order? How many more children, adults and pensioners, have to become homeless before they start to wake up and realise they are actually causing this housing crisis, not solving it? And that's why the point I made at the very end of the debate last night is we don't just need to change of housing policy. We need to change a government and a change of minister for housing because Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael have been in too long. They are the cause of so much of the misery that people are experiencing. Yeah. And until we get them out of office and replace them with a government that's going to be serious about tackling this crisis, my genuine fear is this crisis will get worse.
3: What's going to happen in the autumn and uh, the winter? I mean, the government is not going, by all accounts, is not going to reintroduce an eviction span. The doll will go into recess uh, on Thursday uh, and that will kind of put this issue and a a lot of issues to bed until it it resumes in the autumn and then the focus will be on on the budget. Uh, So I take it there'll be no great change in housing policy uh, until we get to the winter Uh, At that stage, uh, will that tsunami of uh, evictions that you had been predicting be realised?
0: Well, first of all, I've never used the word tsunami, uh, uh, nor have my party colleagues. uh, uh, Those of us that actually understand how uh, uh, eviction notices work, understand that they take some time to work through the system. What we said consistently in the run-up to the end uh, of the ban on no-fault evictions is, If that ban was lifted, without an adequate emergency uh, set of measures in place, you would start to see a month-on-month rise uh, of the number of people entering into emergency accommodation uh, and a growing number of people unable to exit emergency accommodation. And that is exactly what we're seeing. And it is that steady, incremental, painful rise that I'm worried about over the coming months. We're now almost at 13,000 men, women and children officially categorised as homeless. In fact, the numbers are much higher, but that's the official Department of Housing figure. Uh, 13,000 then could become 14,000. Like, there was a time, I worked in Focus, Ireland back in 2010, the depths of the recession, right, when this country was broken on its knees. um, We had an official homeless figure of 3,000 adults and children. We now have 13,000 as the official figure uh, and it's going to continue. And more than 3,000
3: children who are homeless in this
0: country. The high point of child homelessness uh, was under Owen Murphy, which was in, in October 2019. And the fear, when I talked to frontline homeless service providers and the local authorities and, and approved housing bodies, they estimate that we're going to reach that figure either in June or July of this year, which means by the end of the summer, we won't just have the highest number of people, the highest number of singles, we'll also have the highest number of families and children in historic record. And to go back to the point about sound bites, ministers should be judged by delivery. Um, and if Daryl O'Brien is presiding over a housing system that has the highest number of single people, families and children officially classified as homeless in modern history, and he's very very close to that in terms of children, he's already reached that point in terms of adults and families, then by that indicator alone he is failing. And, and In any other job in the world, if you're not doing your job, what happens? You're turfed out and somebody more competent with a better plan is put in place. We're at that point. Uh, And therefore, uh, I take no pleasure, no pleasure whatsoever in the fact that this crisis is worsening. My constituency office is flooded, uh, as are my colleagues. Uh, with hardworking families, with eviction notices, uh, uh, or overholding or entering into emergency accommodation. The private sector is contracting. Social affordable housing isn't being delivered on the scale that's required. Private for sale homes are far, far too expensive. This is a perfect storm that is uh, gathering pace and intensity. And the collateral damage is the men, women, and children who are uh, 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 the victims of Finafal and Finegale's bad housing policy so Thomas Byrne can come on your radio station all you like and say, oh, no, just give us a bit more time. Twelve years of Fine Gael, seven years of Fianna Fáil, three years of Dar O'Brien. They are out of time and the people who they are forcing into homelessness do not have any more time uh, to give. We need a change of government. We need a change of minister and we need a change of housing plan. Uh, otherwise, this crisis will continue to get worse.
3: OK, thank you. we we'll leave it there. And as I say, thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. That's Sinn Féin's spokesperson on housing, Ono Brin. Michael,
9: Michael Reed on LMFM. LMFM.
3: Francis in Navin says, absolutely appalling uh, the way politicians were shouting at Ryan Tuberty. No respect. If kids were at that, carry on, they'd be reprimanded. Maybe these politicians should concentrate on all of the corruption that there is in government. Thanks for that, Francis. Uh, somebody else on WI, saying I'll tell you what bugged me asking Ryan and his agent a question and then not allowing them to answer. Thank you indeed uh, for that. Uh, Somebody else wants uh, to know if uh, licence fee payers should have their money reimbursed Uh, thank you indeed. Gene I I think sent that. Uh, We'd John Conlon in Bally saying I'm not going to watch that fiasco about Ryan Trubbery just as a matter of interest what channel is it on so as I'll know not to go to that channel. Ryan is heading for the BBC after hearing what Gary Lineker earns there. Thanks uh, John. Good luck to him uh, if uh, that is uh, the case Uh, I think uh, it'll be a lot of money all right. Uh, Thanks for that John and I think Aroctus TV is Uh, the answer to your question Uh, Tara says our generation is always bearing the brunt of the silly decisions being made by the generation before us first we bail out the banks now we're bailing out RTE all the while we're struggling with the cost of living no wonder suicide rates are so high what chance do we have a heartbroken Sharon in Tara thank you very much indeed for sending us your message Mary and Mead says there's no housing shortage older people that I speak to would like to downsize but this government won't allow them to put a log cabin or a modular home on their own land and release their existing house to the council for rent or to be bought for families to live in. Paddy Duffy says I sat down yesterday with an open mind to watch the two hearings. After all that I heard I have found it impossible to believe what was said by Turbidee and especially Kelly. How many times has it been said that Noel Kelly is the real DG of RTA after yesterday's evidence and his obvious attempt to claim ignorance? I'm surprised he has two. Two pennies to rub together. A pantomime, says somebody else, that went on for far too long. They were never going to admit culpability. Kelly uh, seemed cute and smarmy to our listener and uh, Ryan Tuberty was very demeaning to some of the committee members. Jerry and Wilkinson says Ryan Tuberty d- deserves everything, as much money as he can get and I'm looking forward to his return on radio on television. Go on your good thing, says Jerry. Thanks for that as well. We'll hear just a, a little bit more from those hearings yesterday now and take up with an exchange between Imelda Munster and uh, Ryan Traberty and Noel Kelly.
5: In reality, and that's why I said in reality, yes, yes, yes. RTE actually footed that bill, the public purse Footed that bill, they'd no business underwriting a separate commercial yeah, detail or deal, but they actually paid the three seventy-five no, thousand. No, 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 there's, there's three. They paid. No. Sorry, no. no. I'm
4: sorry, this is okay. why, and I say this really respectfully. This is why I am in such a terrible state at the moment because there's been so much misunderstanding and misreporting, and and you know about this and about these figures and you know that, that 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 figure you just mentioned like that's not that's not a real right. figure at all the, okay, and it's not two... a fair figure and and okay. you know it just gets thrown at your head and you know you're trying to that's why we're here today to try and to try and write that okay, because but... it, it, unfortunately like like that 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 story doubt you know when the when a feather leaves the pillow it's very hard to get that back and so, unfortunately with my good name Mm-hmm. The feather has left yeah, the pillow. That's right. I'm hoping and I'm, that I'm you i here trying to put the feather back yeah, in the pillow. And
5: I'm hoping that you can put the feather back in. I the appreciate pillow, that. As you say.
4: Thank you, Deputy. The
5: two seventy-five payments, the third, second, and third year, yes. they were paid by RTE.
4: Again, they were they were paid
6: by Astus.
5: Yes, yes but the RTE paid, made those payments to no. Astus.
6: The, the The payments. To us, were asked
5: us. Yes, but they came from RTE. But we didn't know that. Yeah, that's it. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that, you know exactly exactly. yeah, that. But you know now, in hindsight. Oh yeah. Whether you didn't know yeah. at the time or not is another question, Mr. Kelly. But you know now that RTE paid those payments. So that was my question to you initially, Ryan, in relation yes. to um, the tripartite would have made up. For the, the 20%, yes. but even if, if you dispute that, and that's fair no, no, enough. What,
4: right. I would, what I would say to you, it was, it was for work outstanding, it was separate to what I had done previously in RT, so it was, for, it was meant to be a separate content. The whole thing got, got muddled. Okay. And in fairness to Deputy uh, Dylan, who asked the question uh, about you know, if you don't do that work for, for rent or whatever, where, what happens to that money? The money goes back. I'm not going to, yeah. I do want money yeah. for nothing, for goodness no, sake. Like, that's, of course. That's fair so enough. I totally understand yeah. that. I hope yeah. that answers yeah. your question a bit yeah. better maybe than ever. And just,
5: just in relation to that, um, now that you know RTE paid for those payments, do you accept that that was wrong of RTE to use the public purse think, to pay I th- that?
4: I think it's been like, I, what I would say to you, I, I'm not here to be critical of RTE. I've been working there since I was 12 years old. Mm. You know, it's a very important place to me. But I have to defend myself. Okay? And the new Director General of RT has asked for maximum transparency. That's what he said in the last 48 hours. That's why I'm here.
5: Okay. Um, So you accept that that was wrong for them to pay out of the public purse?
4: It strikes me as being um, uh, unorthodox.
5: Okay. That's fair enough. Thanks. Um, I just want to ask Mr. Kelly, just, I mean, I find it very. Uh, hard to believe or I just don't find it credible that you said earlier this morning that RTE initiated this whole deal, that RTE were the instigators of this tripartite deal, that the whole thing but what I can't figure out is why if your client was the only one to benefit from such a deal, why would RTE be the one to initiate a deal to develop that deal that's going to cost them money by underwriting. But yet your client was the only one to benefit by that. I mean, just it's clear there was, you wanted a commercial deal, otherwise you wouldn't have entered into it in the first instance and a guaranteed and underwritten payment by RTE. But at the same time, we were watching COVID spread from the East and in February, while the emails were going back and forth um, around this deal, I think it was Italy had, had had already gone into lockdown. So the the deal that was in February when Italy went into lockdown, and these emails were going round. So was it not a case that you saw a way for income to be guaranteed by RTE and and lock them into that agreement that they would have to? they would have to forfeit up, which transpires that that's exactly what happened.
6: I did the contract before COVID. The contract was done for the start of 2020 and COVID happened in March of 2020. Yeah, but no, I've just...
5: Sorry, I've just told you that Italy had already gone into lockdown in in, uh, February. These emails are going back and forth in February.
3: And I suppose we all knew what was coming down the line then. Think back to just before... Leo Radker was on the steps in Washington telling us uh, that the world has changed and half as we're going to be out of work. By the way, 847 euro for that taxi or limo or whatever it was uh, from Dublin to Drogheda and back again that Ryan Turbody spent for that Renault event. Uh, we did uh, some digging. Uh, we Spoke to one luxury car company who would provide a luxury saloon car with a driver, water, Wi Fi, all that sort of thing, would stay on site and come back in the evening 75 euro an hour uh, if it was to be from five in the evening till 12 at night uh, that'd be 525 euro 847 euro is what ryan Turbody really spent on that taxi i suppose when you've got that much money uh, it's not a lot of money but what would i know god willing we'll see you for our next program tomorrow morning at 9 a.m right here on lmfm good morning bye-bye <laughs>
2: The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at
10: lmfm.ie.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more